Two guys in the mic with our producer Step into the spotlight, survivalist troopers Come and take a seat with the combo we provide Every Tuesday, it's the Blood Survival Guide Two guys in the mic with our producer Step into the spotlight, survivalist troopers Come and take a seat with the combo we provide Every Tuesday, it's the Blood Survival Guide What's a blur? That's a black eye who's also a nerd Reading comics, watching anime, haven't you heard? It's Jeremy J and Miriam Talking to Delirium, Naruto, then Marvel, then DC Are you Pop culture reverence pull them out periodically. We sing up movies with the comments canonically, and we watch a lot of TV. It's our virtual reality. I guarantee one day we'll have a TV show on NBC. Two guys in a mic with our producer. Step into the spotlight, survivalist troopers. Come and take a seat with the combo we provide every Tuesday. It's the Blood Survival Guide. Two guys in a mic with our producer. Step into the spotlight, survivalist troopers. Come and take a seat with the combo we provide every Tuesday. It's the Blood Survival Guide. It's the Blessed Bible God. Hey! Oh! It's the Blessed Bible God. Step into the spotlight. Survivalist Trooper. There we go. The combo we provide every Tuesday. It's the Blurred Survival Guide. Gosh, that's a great theme song. I wonder who wrote it. Some guy. Some iconic male. Oh, thanks. Welcome back, everybody. Hey, guys. Welcome back to another episode of Blurred Survival Guide. It is episode 18. We're getting close to number 2-0. The big 2-0. Yeah, we're an actual adult. That's Out of that's, teenage yeah. land. Yeah. Uh, how you doing today, Jay? I'm great, man. It's been a long weekend. Uh, happy belated 4th of July to you. Indeed. It is and to a, our uh, listeners. Yeah. Happy 245th birthday to America. Good old America. Yeah. America. F yeah. Heck yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no heck and way. How are you doing? I'm awake. Good. Yeah. Happy to have you awake. I, yeah. I, yeah. <laughs> I got a new uh, mattress topper, so it, it, it knocked me right out. Man, uh, I definitely spent the morning in bed, so don't feel bad. Hey. <laughs> nice. Hey. Um, But we are here. It's actually, we uh, because it was 4th of July on the day that we usually record, it is the next day for us. So it's technically Monday for those who can listen in the past. I don't know how you can do that. Um, But still Tuesday for you guys that are going to listen to it as we uh, release it. Um, but today's episode, we are going into a uh, one of our own little personal gems of ours. Actually, it is called the uh, Hidden Gems Guilty. episode. Hidden Gems and Guilty Pleasures. Yeah, so we're going to be giving you just a little in, a little look into our personal lives. Yeah. About, like some things that we like to watch um, that may not be as popular as Loki or Demon Slayer or Naruto. Or stuff anything like that. that's just like currently out that everybody is... Talking about in the popular culture on E News, if you will, or whatever. Does E News still exist? I don't know. I don't have cable. Oh, okay. Oh, <laughs> our producer says that E News still exists. <laughs> well, that's good. To know. Well, you follow them, but does that mean that they have they still have a channel? Well, they definitely have a platform, and I imagine oh, that they still have some kind of channel. I mean, the Keeping Up with the Kardashians has to premiere somewhere. Oh, blessing. <laughs> Not anymore. They, they, oh, yeah, end. they, 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 end. they ended the TV show. They did end. That, yeah, after what, 20 years, 20 seasons? 20 seasons. Jesus. Yeah. I mean, my God. Yeah. <laughs> That's it somebody's guilty pleasure. <laughs> you know what? I, I'll. It starts off with Paris Hilton there, and then we get uh, Keeping Up the Kardashians. So Paris Hilton set the mold, I'm just saying. She did. And... I don't know if it's a good mold, but it's a mold. <laughs> Some. I mean, that, that's definitely, what a way to transition into some guilty pleasures, because that sure as hell was a guilty pleasure for a, a lot of people. I mean, I definitely watched The Hills. That's not a guilty pleasure of mine growing, like, now. It was growing up, and I didn't tell people that I watched The Hills, but... I know The Hills because of Family Guy. I mean, Lauren Conrad. <laughs> that episode with Lauren Conrad is hilarious. Well, when she's smarter than Brian, it's like, ooh. I mean, she's brilliant. Yeah. Apparently, I mean, I mean the, I first of all, the fact that the Hills was a completely socially engineered TV show that what people were led to believe was entirely real, and then only to be revealed as entirely fictional, and by in the final episode, which is no secret to anybody that's watched it, <laughs> it blew some people's minds. It, I mean, it was. I mean, like, come on, come on, like th- these people just no, in no way had to hate each other as much as the, the TV show made it seem. I mean. But I digress. Let, let's <laughs> let me um let us digress into I guess talking about some of our guilty pleasures. I mean, these are things that I think that we watch to feel comfort, 
that we watch to on a rainy day when there's nothing else to do and you don't really want to expend any brain power to digest and indulge in like anything new yeah no definitely um and i was just about to ask you like how would you define guilty pleasures but i think you just defined it perfectly it's just a just an easy an easy watch of a show and or movie i mean th- something that you don't necessarily have to watch with friends or anything you just kind of like sit back relax you don't have, you don't sometimes you've watched it, it so many be, times so you can just all you be know, on I your phone the and definition have it in the background like you can just kind of be with this program or this entertainment thing right be it a musical be it a movie be it a tv show right because i mean sometimes guilty pleasures are things that like you do it's it's called a guilty pleasure for a reason it's something that you like specifically but if you were to share it among friends or people that you think would like to share it they they probably would chastise you for it i'm not saying that y'all chastise me for no 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 uh, i hear you i completely hear you and i think it it, there's there's two kinds of guilty pleasures right i think that there's like that kind of guilty pleasure and then there's just like that tv show like friends or uh parks and rec or the office like america's guilty pleasure (laughs) a modern family that people can just like binge Unendingly, yeah, and, you know, and, and have fail. no, yeah, and have no thoughts going in through it. While they're no, watching. and they're just, just, it's pure enjoyment every single time because, like, you either are familiar with the characters, like these right. characters at this point might be just like is inter- intertwined with in your life as you know you and me may be in our lives. They become part point. of your family. Exactly. I mean, I feel this way about Parks and Rec to yeah. get us started. Oh yeah, no, that's that's so that's like my number one of all time guilty pleasures i hated when they took it off netflix i hated that i needed to get paramount plus to bot to watch it is it on paramount plus it's on paramount plus okay that's I how it's it gonna a- be on peacock i was like mm, no nah, wait is I, it I on peacock it. or is it on paramount plus miriam i'm not getting peacock i'm sorry i tried and yeah. no it's probably one of the lesser streaming services exactly <laughs> at, at least in like how they program it yeah. but um yeah but yeah, I mean that's my number one like of all time. I mean purely because I do have a, I feel like I have a full relationship with Leslie Nope, Ron Swanson, Ben, uh, Aziz Ansari's character, uh, Tom, Tom. I mean just all and uh, just all of these people because I've watched the show so many times right, in right, sequence right. and and out of sequence. Just like going to episodes that I love episodes that made me cry episodes that like really just get you in your feels when you want them to but also just want if you need that happy cheery episode you know which one to go to exactly and i would have to oppose you i'll oppose you on on parks and rec because i mean i I love parks and rec it was great great show I, i watched it beginning to end right i did enjoy it right but i also enjoyed the office that fits your humor though that exactly. fits i i have a very dry humor and i get that from the office and i get that from my mom and i think she would enjoy the office but she doesn't really watch comedies like that the um, uh the what's it called the mockumentary style right tv shows see i was like your mom for so long yeah. on mockumentary style tv shows so i was like i'm not about it i'm not here to watch it i don't like the filming of it i hated the loose camera <laughs> i was like this is not any way that i want to watch something that's supposed to be professionally made and then parks and rec happened and yeah, they're, they're, they're doing that on parks and rec and i'm like well it works it does it i mean it, it works i mean for, the office did it first right they did they did um because they premiered I mean, it was the UK version first, and then sure. um, 2005, Mike Sher, the showrunner for both Parks and Rec and uh, The Office, ran um, ran both those shows for almost 20-plus years. He also did The Good Place. Fantastic and, TV yeah. show. I mean, the, the, like those are all just like guilt-free, guilty pleasures, honestly. Like, right? Everybody I can mean, watch them and still feel good about it. They're just easy binges, man. Easy binges. Right, but... Um, we can we can talk about those three shows. Uh, <laughs> on, like, give me some more of your guilty more. pleasures. Uh, yeah, and that's what I kind of want to transition to. We just wanted to pop go probably go back and forth talk about our own personal guilty pleasures other yeah. than NBC. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, one thing one that I have mentioned on here on the podcast before, and I still want you to watch Jay, and is the SpongeBob SquarePants musical. I've listened to it with you some. You have. You, you listen to some of the songs. I mean, some of the more popular songs because um, they're the writers of the music are actual like pop stars. Okay. That, that have made the, the yeah, songs. Yeah. So it's like um, who? Ti made us like he made the song for Plankton. It's, All right. It's a rap song. And okay. You can, like you can tell who made some of these songs. Oh, that's cool. Because like with with Ti song, you know how Ti used to have like the trumpets and stuff for like sure. In a lot of his songs, is you can hear that in that uh, that rap song. Um, Brendan Urie of Panic at the Disco, he yeah. did SpongeBob's Ballad, 
and okay, it's, it, okay, it's emotional. Like he I actually can, sang it with the guy who I can only SpongeBob. imagine like the conversations that the producers of the SpongeBob musical are having with like these. I guess maybe the agents of these of these uh, stars or, or, or whoever or just I mean, the stars like. Just the conversations, like so, right? So you like SpongeBob, right? Oh yeah, no, nah, yeah. <laughs> and it's like, yeah, how about I'm a fan. musical about SpongeBob? Yeah, do you want to write a song for it? I mean, come on. I mean, it's gotten to the like. I mean, what is SpongeBob the pitch has, for this? Well, I mean, SpongeBob has gotten to the popularity where it has gotten to these celebrities, and celebrities are watching it by either by themselves or with their kids at this point because it's been Big on facts. so long. Big facts. I mean, Big it's facts. even got to the point. Literally, one of the songs on there is called "Super uh, Super Sea Star Savior." It's a gospel song. Guess who wrote it? Patti LaBelle. What? Exactly. Patti LaBelle wrote that song. Um, like I said, it, this this is starting to I think John, John Legend wrote Patty's a song. Patty's pies. Yeah. <laughs> uh, John Legend wrote a song for it. Uh, Cindy Lauper wrote a couple songs for it. it. Yeah. So it really. So did this? Where did the musical perform? It started off in Chicago, and then it actually did make it to Broadway. It did make it to New York Broadway. Yeah, it did make it to New York, uh, New York City. Um, I think it was there for about a year. Uh, did their their yearly contract, and I think it uh, it ended after that. And then Nickelodeon because Viacom. Mm-hmm. It has all the power and everything. They did have a special, which I bought on. It's on Amazon. Um, so the only way, the only place I can watch this is on Amazon. It's on Amazon. Yeah, but we can watch it because you have it. Yeah, because I bought it. Because you bought it. I did. Okay. Um. Yeah. That's that's my first one. And I, like I said, I, I do want people. I think to watch that people it. should. En- it's I, a I great. And it's I a great story to watch it because, like, I think that it when you showed me the Shrek musical, right? Uh, which also a great musical that everyone needs folks, to watch. I don't know if you've checked it out, but like, there's a Shrek musical on Netflix. It's a permanent fixture on Netflix. It's, it's not going away anytime soon. It is something that I think everybody that enjoys the original Shrek should watch because it does it. It it grows that story and makes it funny, and it's still yes. like <laughs> it's just as good, if not better, than the original story because you have more depth to the Shrek right, character. right. Um, but I digress. I'm going to go with like a whole other direction on um, hidden like guilty pleasures of mine, which I think that a lot of people may not be surprised by these. Which got? I love what I have dubbed as Canaflix. Now, how would you describe Canaflix? I love films that center around weed-based hijinks. So thinking about Harold and Kumar. Thinking about Friday, thinking about How High and Pineapple Express. Like these <laughs> Seth Rogen films, right. these uh, um, Taj, what's his last name? Um, uh, I know you're talking about, um, but the Harold, Harold and Kumar Harold and movies. Kumar films. Yeah, yeah. And like uh, Mac and Dev Go to High School, which is Wiz Khalifa and oh, Snoop yeah. Dogg's yeah, uh, weed based film. Which yeah. I mean, Cheech and Chong, like all of these funny, hilarious comedians and actors that you know partake as it were have a weed comedy and i always just like get into them because i think that they take this narrative a lot of the time they take a narrative of the, right, the it could la- be something that like so simple though like, oh man uh, like harry Cooper uh, raced a white castle right it's literally family guy talks about it in the funniest way he's like took me five minutes to go get some white castle because i didn't do drugs <laughs> <laughs> but like uh, look at me i'm just sitting here having Three or four burgers. Enjoying them. Enjoying them. <laughs> Didn't take me a whole three <laughs> a whole movie. night uh, <laughs> to in order to get these White Castle burgers. But I just find them hilarious. I think that they're immature. I mean, they're kind of like up there in that kind of class of um, like the original American Pie movies. You know, like they take these party themes and they manage to dr- drive a whole narrative out of them that is often just hijink after hijink and it's just it keeps leveling up in the right, seriousness right. and the severity that they're that they're go of an intense situation that they're going through and i just i don't know they it makes me laugh and i enjoy them especially when i'm just like chilling out and i don't want to have to worry about any kind of serious plot line like tenet <laughs> for Ooh, uh, for boy. a complete <laughs> juxtaposition if you haven't seen right. tenet check it out but also uh, yeah, it's a complete opposite type, type of film structure. You, you, you're very correct, and I mean it. It may it only makes sense that like these stoner films and as like Jay calls them, and I, I will start coin, using that term that he has coined, canaflix. 
as just literally just watching those are essentially mind-numbingly good times. Exactly. It's and, just like a zone out time. Yeah, and you don't really you don't necessarily have to like know the plot just not at all, dude. Not, not like I said, at all. It's literally these basic premise is what if we do x amount of things but high. But high. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean like how high is let's go take a college admittance exam high because you studied high and you want to get high scores and then what do they do but smoke this weed and their friend who died that the guy that the guy grew it in uh comes to them with all the answers to the test and they go to they end up in the harvard they end up in one of the smartest schools in the country and it's like oh which, wow this movie stars red man and method man which if you're a fan of 90s hip-hop. You should definitely have watched this movie. Or if you're a fan of Pixies from Fairly Odd Parents. Or if you're a fan <laughs> of Pixies from Fairly Odd Parents, you should watch this movie. I mean, it, it's, it's, it's a ridiculous film, but it, it, I think it's hilarious. And, I mean, there's always some kind of, like, social commentary attached to it. Oh, definitely. Me. I mean, you got to... You got to ingrain that into the people, and, and like destigmatizes weed, and destigmatizes cannabis, and like the b- potential recreational and um, medicinal uses. Uses, yeah, but yeah, no, I I appreciate that. I do I do like that. But the cannaflix, I'm I'm gonna stick that in my brain because I like cannaflix. I like that word. Thank you. <laughs> I'm proud of it. Coined by Jay Williams himself. Uh, my next one would probably be uh, Fantasia 2000. Wonderful film. It's crazy. I mean, it it's is. like a giant. I mean, so like, have you seen the new thing on Disney Plus? It's like the not the amb- It's like those ambiance short films. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, where it's almost like the like you just you. It's, it's just like, like a picture a, and like you hear the music underneath. Yeah, and stuff like it, that. yeah. It's kind of like maybe like in a Mulan setting. It's got like a Moana setting. Right. And all these different locations. Right. And they just had like the Ryan the Last Dragon setting. Yeah. I think Fantasia set the stage for that. Oh, definitely. I mean, uh, Fantasia 2000. Of course, that one came out in. Or it was made in like 1999, and it like, came out in 2000. But I mean, the original Fantasia, uh, even though I had the VHS, it came out in like. Early 30s, or not early 30s, like late 30s, early 40s. Really? Like that. Yeah. Cause that I didn't mean, even know that. Yeah, I mean, those, uh, those uh, the sections in those, um, in that movie, yeah, it didn't come out in 1940, yeah. Essentially, it was just, I mean, it's Fantasia, like Fantasia and Fantasia 2000 are, uh, it's just an amalgamation of um, orchestra music. Beautiful, and it's, they set it to different cartoon pieces. Mm-hmm. Um, Fant- in Fantasia 2000, specifically, one of my favorite uh, guilty pleasures in that movie is the uh, Rhapsody in Blue section by George Gershwin. I'm a major jazz head, and you're a big Gershwin fan too. I mean, that's the only song I know about Gershwin, but yeah, I think that you like. I, he I would know movies, I would, right? No, he he's a jazz orc- orchestrator, conductor, one of the composer. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, but uh, that specific that specific Rhapsody in Blue, I think that kind of solidified my love of jazz. Um, only because, well, not only because, but um, with Disney, what they did for that specific scene, it's just twelve minutes of people getting ready and going through their workday, and it like the music helps accent that, and it was just beautiful how it was like animated. Um, is because there's this like there's this one guy who's a construction worker, but turns out like it's a construction worker in the daytime, but at nighttime mm-hmm. he's a jazz player. Like he okay. plays drums at a jazz club, and it's I think that probably I think that's probably what set the stone for uh or yeah, set the mold for Soul. I hear, just, it, it, I hear you. I hear you. It all works. You. It works so well as a piece, and like I said, it's just a solid twelve to fifteen minutes of music section, and it's the... literally no dialogue in any of these. No. in any of these, but like the the dialogue is the music, and it's it 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 warms my heart when I see it every time. Uh, there's this new Disney short film. Us again, I already know. I've seen it like Us three or four again. times. Oh my God, I love it. It is to die for. I and love it. Folks I was going to ask you if you've it, seen it. Miriam and I watched it on a whim. And I mean, you know, wasn't ready for it. I cried. I, I mean, yes. like, I'm sitting here like, how yes. the heck does this... Like, I mean, it was basically a silent movie with the added orchestra or like over it. And I'm just sitting here like just feeling all of these feelings like oh my gosh yeah like, voice cracking and everything and i think fantasia was an early iteration of something like that because like oh yeah they definitely they took the power of orchestral music and animation and combined them and 
it, it, it's a I'm sure there's plenty of like narrative breakdowns of like what it actually was trying to elicit mm-hmm. but just the ability for these things to elicit feeling and emotion without the use of words or language it's to beautiful. me is I mean it's it's everything that that animation is about yes to be honest with you because yes. like I think that there you know I've talked about this before animation is one of those things that's able to tell a story or get a message across right without having to specifically identify what we're talking about or just like just come out with it Mm -hmm. it can allude and it can you know build a metaphor around the message that it's trying to get across that you just can't get when you use real people right Uh, it it just and i mean fantasia just does this in like the most beautiful way because it takes an hour and a half of just music and 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 animation yeah and And it's it's gorgeous because it's the original kind of it's 2d right like these are hand-drawn images it's It's not yeah this is not like cgi anymore which i'm not saying that if they did it now the cgi would take away from it because i mean we've seen some gorgeous cgi right I mean, like, yeah uh, love death of robots i mean it could very well you know maybe even yeah. take it to another level definitely which now that i'm thinking about it i kind of want it but <laughs> but like for real seeing it in the way that it was done in fantasia 2000 and knowing the amount of work and heart and effort that goes into that kind right. of see that kind of animation right right it's just, it just it warms me man i think that and i think that a lot of people sleep on Fantasia 2000. Yeah, no, definitely, definitely, guys, you should check it out. Uh, Jay, what you got next for us, though? So, taking it in, in another direction, and you know this about me. I do. Um, I'm a weeb, and I'm a self-proclaimed weeb, but before I was a weeb, weeb, I was a jock. You were. Like, this man was, like, I love all-state kicker in high school. Yeah, Look I played college sports, like, did track and field, did football, like, I did all these things, and so. Did the darn thing. What? what i love to watch are sports dramas and i think that a lot of people maybe will be able to resonate with this because you know maybe they were they they uh, uh, were a late blooming weeb like myself okay so i loved watching coach carter which is with samuel l jackson yeah yeah um i loved watching gridiron gang which you know is an early rock film it's a very early rock film. He still had hair. He was um, skinny. I mean, then of course, like you know, the original one that I think that a lot of people just get into because it is Disney and because it has this powerful message about racism and segregation. Remember Man. the Titans, boy. Like Sorry. all three of those movies are just like they are staples in the black community, without a doubt. And without a doubt. Without like a even doubt. if they, even if you haven't seen it, because I myself haven't seen Gridiron Gang, but I mean, I've. I mean, I've we like in summer camps growing up. I would, we would watch um, Coach. Like we've seen, I've seen Coach Carter one year, right? And I've seen him a couple times, and I've also seen uh, Remember the Titans multiple times. Right. It's actually my one of it's one of my little sister's famous uh, favorite movies. Like I mean, she it's got one of the, stop watching it. <laughs> I, I mean, it's got one of the best soundtracks to it. It's got one of the. Oh, yeah. I mean, the music of the '60s, right? Like you've got your your the, the Temptations are iconic in this movie, mm-hmm. right? They, no, they uh, <laughs> without like I mean because you <laughs> you see that the Temptations pull together um, this whole team. The whole it's team, like, but it starts with it starts with two people. It starts yeah. with uh the guy the big white guy and the and the um. And Rev, uh, mm-hmm. Rev. The, I'm trying to remember the uh, the. I can't think of the name of the, the the actor that plays him, but he does not look the same anymore. If you have checked him out, hey, he buff. Yeah, he's swole. He's super. He's super swole. Um, I was just looking up his episode on the podcast with Joe Rogan. Actually, uh, there's Craig Kirkwood who played Rev, and then uh, Ethan Suppley. Ethan Suppley. Yeah, he, right. he was uh the he was in Boy Meets World as one of the bullies. He was also in uh American, my name was Earl in American History X. Yeah, he has so much range and, and talent on uh, like on screen. To me, it just is so powerful. But yeah, I think that, so. These are just films though for me that I I can watch on repeat, and and I've been so happy that I've gotten to show Miriam these films because she didn't grow up on these films at all. She actually has said oh, that she actively avoided sports films which is fine and i completely and i and i don't blame her one bit because that's, that's not that's not you get it i get you it. get it yeah. it's not something that she thought she would resonate with but i'm like baby it's not about 
the sport. It's about the team. It becomes about the team. And that, and that, and that, and that's, and that's why we've been able to enjoy the, uh, the reboot of, um, uh, Mighty Ducks Game Changers on, on, um, Disney Plus, which if folks haven't watched that, if you are a big fan of sports films, check it out. It also stars Lorelai Gilmore, um, Lauren, Lauren Graham. Graham. So, so for, if you have a girlfriend that is not interested in it, just tell her that Lauren Graham stars in it. And I guarantee you that she'd be willing to watch it with you. Nice, nice. And uh, we're, like I said, we're slowly becoming free sponsors for Disney Plus. We just need to contact and be like, hey. Boy, I know, right? <laughs> like, I, I'm not. They're not. They're not. But I think it's worth It'd it. It'd be chop change. What you mean? I mean, like, give me, give me a couple hundred. Like I said, it'd be chop change for them. On the, on the low, low. <laughs> for me to um, fund my... For, yeah, to, to fund, I think they to could fund the podcast. I think they could fund our um our uh contour, so we could go and talk to people at, at Comic Con. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, um, I'm just gonna speed through the next these next three. Um, because yeah. I have I, I do love these movies. I watch them a lot. As these are my guilty pleasures. Still, I need to go back and rewatch them because I haven't seen them in a hot minute. Mm. Um, the next one also on Disney Plus. LOL, <laughs> uh, Mr. Holland's Opus. Uh, it is classic a classic film. Yeah, it's a classic. It's a classic Disney film. Uh, had to look up the the synopsis for it real quick just to give you guys on podcast Do it justice. And, yeah, um, composer Glenn Holland, played by Richard Dreyfus of Jaws uh, fame, um, believes that he'll eventually write a transcendent piece of music. But in the meantime, he's taking a job at an Oregon high school. Though at his first job, though at first the job frustrates him, and his unconventional methods often draw the ire of the straight-laced vice principal. Mr. Holland grows to love his students as the temporary position stretches into decades-long career. Because he, yeah, and I remember that. He's basically, he wants to be a famous composer. Sure. And he's taking the steps. He's like, I need money, so I'm going to be sure. this teacher just for a sure. couple for a couple years. At, at most, a year. He's Completely logical for someone in his position. Yeah, right? he's thinking, at most a year, I'm going to be the, I'm just gonna a teacher. Be this guy, a teacher. And turns out, wow, I really love these students. And it turned from one year, and it, like that year started in like 1970. And it, it's like, you can see it span. Like, they did a whole montage. It ended Man. in like 1995. I, how great would it have been to have been a music teacher in the seventies? I just, I, I, all I can think about is recess. Maybe I was like, let the sunshine, <laughs> let <laughs> the sunshine. That movie, oh my god, that's it. Whoever did the, whoever was the music supervisor for that movie was just like, we're gonna make it seventies. Yo, have you watched Summer kids. of Soul yet? Not yet, not yet. Bro, I, I will see. I will Sorry, watch it. Yeah. I'm, oh my god, <laughs> I watched it this morning. Oh. Uh, Takes place in 1969. I, yeah, it was the same uh, time as uh, Woodstock was happening. Yeah, and yeah. it was in Harlem, bro. Ooh. Bro, it Ooh. was. Uh, oh my gosh! Yeah, I that's, a, so that's Quislow's uh, first directorial movie. He'd... Well, it was a, the fact that this. So, this the fact that the the film of this music festival sat in someone's basement for 50 years and never was seen until now is just like the coolest thing in the world to me. Oh, wow. I mean, we've seen all these videos and film of Woodstock, but now we got this. Yeah, got Sorry. Um, oh, no, you're good. <laughs> digressing. And that's for the culture anyway, so everybody should check it out. It's on Hulu if you've got it. Save for the weekly blurb. No, that's <laughs> bad. <laughs> all right. Uh, yeah, let, let, me get, let me get back on track. Um, next one is Romeo and Juliet, the 1996 version, directed by Boz Lerman um, of... Uh, Great Gatsby. Ah. Yeah, the same guy who directed Great, Bas- Great Gatsby. Uh, Milan and, Rouge. And Rouge. Um, Leo DiCaprio, Romeo, Claire Danes, Juliet. Beautiful. Great. And, I mean, beautiful literally, people. Beautiful people. Boz Lerman's use of color in that movie. One the pe- way that he was able to, like, he basically was like, hey, we're going to put Romeo and Juliet in today, but we're going to still talk. Like it's Shakespeare. Yeah, it's it's done in iambic pentameter, right? Yep. This literally the it's word for word the play. William Shakespeare's Romeo and Juliet, like That's word so... for word. But you're watching it, and it's like it's not word for word. Well, yeah, eighty you percent know, word for word. I hear <laughs> but, you. I hear you. I mean, I'm like, picking up what you're putting down. Yeah. And for some reason, Leonardo like, you're, you're didn't thinking, get a didn't get a uh, Oscar for that one I mean, either. He, shit, that's one of his earlier films. But he's, still, he's, like, I'm just saying. Yeah. Titanic. We ain't gonna talk about Titanic. Jack, she had room. That was room in that door. That's a big fact. All right, <laughs> my last, my last guilty pleasure. All right, all right. <laughs> the Back to the Future trilogy. It's iconic. It is iconic. It set the uh, it, it 
look at us setting molds in this podcast because we're just setting all the molds <laughs> in this podcast today. But it set the mold for time travel and it, time traveling. It set the mold for the original time travel rules, and then Avengers broke it. And I'm it just... did. And I mean that, that. I mean that's 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 literally just saying Avengers was saying, "Hey, rules are meant to be broken." Because they even referenced it in in, in uh, Endgame. It's Had just like, to. Hey. This isn't Back to the Future. Back to the Future is a bunch of lies. This is how time actually works. I'm like, hey, I love you, Marvel, but don't disrespect my movie like that. <laughs> I mean, right, right, right. Because I mean, I I fell in love with like I, in that movie, I fell in love with DeLoreans. I fell in love with Christopher Lloyd. That's a doc. I fell in love with Michael J. Fox. You know, I, at that point, I did not know that Christopher Lloyd was the same actor in Hoover and Roger Rabbit. Yeah. Yeah, man. Freaked yeah, me out too when yeah, I got old. I was like, that was just like oh, a weird. Oh, he's a cartoon man. I mean, oh. Christopher Lloyd's been doing this game in this game for a long time. Like a Christopher, long, like he, he's long time. Doc Brown. He's the evil cartoon man in Who Framed mm-hmm. Roger Rabbit. He's mm-hmm. Uncle Festus in mm-hmm. live action. Sure is. Adam's Family. It's like good twice, Lord, man. Twice. Yeah, in both of twice. them. Twice. <laughs> like, dude had. We talk about range. range. <laughs> this dude no range. Range. <laughs> But those are my uh, guilty pleasures. Uh, Jay, if you want to speed through your yeah, last I mean, I've couple. I've heard most of them, um, but I, I do want to cover a, a few. In the, in a vein similar to how I've been going. I'm all over the place, everybody, just so you know with these guilty pleasures. Because I love The Notebook. I adore The Notebook. It is a wonderful story. I'm a hopeless romantic. So, like, any rom-coms, The Notebook, all of those kinds of films, love Fifty First Dates, love Charlie St. Cloud, love the Titanic. I'm just saying. So, what you're telling me is you like to cry. I like to feel the love. (laughs) I'm a loving man, and this is just where I'm also a hopeless romantic. Would you put Lion King up there? I mean, I, that's a different kind. No, I would not put it with the Notebook and all of these other in these other films. These are like those upgraded uh, Turner Classic Movie slash um, Hallmark films that uh, my grandmother loved. It's just like on another level to me. Okay, and it's not as corny as Hallmark makes them out around Christmas time, but I mean, it's it's they're still pretty dang corny. And to kind of go off topic, you know they they start filming. All of those Christmas movies on Hallmark, like last month, like they every every Christmas movie that you see on Hallmark, all the it's new filmed ones, in that year, they'll film. Yeah, they basically are, and it's like a solid fifty to seventy five Christmas movies. They start filming in Somebody like should do a April or May Hallmark Christmas of that movies. year, and like it'll it'll premiere in. Because I mean, they're they're all essentially the same movie, and oh, I mean, they they they, they, they cut and paste the plot lines for most of these movies. It's you know, rich girl, rich rich white girl. Is coming from the big city, mm-hmm. loses a tire, falls in love with small town city boy. Yep. Christmas ensues. <laughs> the end. <laughs> you, you gotta, you can't, you can't include, like, d- exclude the part where she's disappointed by him and then, you know, has to become comfortable with who he is as a person. But that's all part of the Christmas ensued part. Oh, okay. I'm just saying, that's just always in Those there, Those are the too. specifics. I mean, these, this, that's some guilty pleasures for a lot of people, man. You're not wrong, man. You're <laughs> not wrong. But we can go on and on. We can go on and on. And uh, we might in, in Weekly Bird, maybe. Maybe. Do, we'll we'll yeah. think about it. Because we've got some, uh, some hidden, hidden gems, gems yeah. that I think we want to share with y'all. Because, um, like, obviously a lot of these guilty pleasures people have probably seen but oh, just so you know that we're that they're out there and you're not alone so right. but uh we will take a quick break you're going to hear a word from our sponsor anchor and then we will be right back with the weekly blurb see you in a second guys hey. all right welcome back Rick everybody <laughs> Rick and Morty. Okay. Uh, well, you guys, you know what time it is. It's time for the weekly blurb. And Jeremy, you're gonna lead us in with your featured Loki talk. And go, Loki talk, episode four. 
What a what a we thought last week was was a humdinger. Man, of an episode four has been my favorite episode so far. They I just love it, man. About it. And uh, as always, it's Tuesday when this when Blur's Vavakai comes out, so that means Loki comes out the next day. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have had ample time to watch this episode, therefore so. there's going to be heavy spoilers ahead. <laughs> uh, Loki episode four, short synopsis of what happened. We are at the tail end of Lamentus one. They are about to uh, both Loki and Sylvie are. Uh, looking about to at die, and they're about to die. They are they are accepting the fate, and they are actually coming to the conclusion, and it may be theorized that they were just finally looking at themselves as the heroes mm. and seeing the good in themselves, and that actually is what caused the uh, the, uh, the 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 nexus, the nexus yes. event. So. And so, so you said it's them what? It's them actually f- seeing the good in themselves because mm. apparently, according to the TBA, Lokis mm-hmm. are supposed to be inherently bad. There's mm-hmm. no redeeming qualities about them mm-hmm. and there can only be one. And that's why Sylvie was supposed to be deleted because the only one was supposed to be our Loki from 2012 until he effed up and mm-hmm. did his, old, so his that's, whole thing. So is that a theory or is that like... Is that like what it is? So that is a working theory because I've seen it on a bunch of TikToks. And okay, I've read up okay. on some stuff. Okay, um, but they, like I said, because of this Nexus event, and this is still the um, the little synopsis, uh, the TBA do find them because mm-hmm. of the Nexus point, and are taken back. They're being interrogated in separate rooms. We see Lady Sif make a cameo. Yeah, we do. Yeah, she she comes back. Uh, and she's actually one of the few actresses who are who's able to like she's bounced through like the TV shows and. Um, and the movies because she of course oh. she did the first couple Thor movies she made an appearance on um, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. I think one yeah. of the earlier seasons yeah. and I mean it, it was just dope to see yeah it was it was, it was yeah. like hey she came back it's like cool <laughs> ladies if um, so she came back as a uh, as a, basically a worst memory loop time torture loop, loop. Was, yeah yeah and that was that was funny until it kind of didn't and we were just, it, it broke that man yeah he, yeah it, it, it would break anybody. Morbius. You get, Mor- you get Mor- 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 this man's existence and yeah. how to break him down. Oh yeah, it's a, Mobius. Like no, Loki is Mobius's niche. Like, he knows that. Oh man, man inside. Oh my gosh, in every in every iteration, just about right. Just Which about. you know we kind of get to at the end. Right, and that's that's the other thing we find out that when Sylvia is enchanting people yep, yep. uh right now it's just the time bar- the the time cops and uh the the hunters mm-hmm. um we find out that she's not creating fake memories for them to live in tell, to live in and tell all the secrets it's actually previous memories of these ver- they're all apparently they're all Everybody's time variants that have been brainwashed into thinking that they were created by the TBA by the timekeepers and a little wizard of oz Trope. So how shocking was that to you? Like speaking of the Wizard of Oz, were you shocked when I saw it at first? I was like, um, he she chopped the head off, and we saw that. Like, I'm, like I, I know Thor, you I, know I, it I, can't be the end of the movie, right? Or the TV series, I, like, right? I, know, I know Thanos said you should go, you should have gone for the head, but like she, she did, she did, and, and then all, all evidently it's all just one animatronic. The timekeepers aren't real. I'm just saying. Which means I think they're yeah. real, but that's just not them. No, I, I they I think they were real at one point. Oh, and are no longer. And I think that they they aren't the ones who created the TBA. I think the timekeeper, or the I think the real quote unquote timekeeper yeah. is Miss Minutes and a whole You've talk, and, yeah yeah we did talk about this this is a uh, off podcast but. Um, I think she is, it's almost like an Age of Ultron situation, just more highly advanced because it is outside of space and time. Right. She is almost like a, an AI program that was able to actually succeed in their okay. plan. Okay, okay. And she was able to create this time variance authority to rectify that there shouldn't be a multiverse. There should only be one sacred timeline. And mm. I guess that one sacred timeline is the one that she lives she in and she, and she controls. Which, is, which seems to be garbage because we get that quote in the fourth episode mm-hmm. that chaos is the universe wanting to break free. Or it's the third episode. Uh, uh, yeah, I think it's the third episode. When they're on the train. Chaos yeah. is the universe wanting to break free. So that kind of alludes to this idea that the universe isn't supposed to be in this sacred timeline, right? Or that's the, or there shouldn't be one sacred timeline at all. It's we're supposed to be in the multiverse, but right. because whoever the real creator of the time variance authority is, maybe because Mrs. they wanted, Minutes. yeah, maybe Miss Minutes, maybe because I she wants. I, I don't even know who else it could be. Because we know it's not uh, 
Ravenclaw. 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 The the judge. Uh, it's played by uh, Gugu and Bathara. Um, maybe it could be the um, who's the the villain in um, the in Quantumania. Oh, uh, Kang the Conqueror. Um, he's a, he a time, and that's that's a for that's a Marvel D cut for those who don't know who he is yet. Um, Kang the Conqueror is he's another Avengers level threat, quoting Spider Man. Uh, far from home um he's another avengers level threat he is a uh on the same level as uh thanos e- probably ego maybe yeah um but he's essentially he is i would say a, an actual timekeeper right um because he exists in the quantum realm right he as he's this is going to be that's why they're going into this whole quantum weird uh fourth phase of marvel it was because we're going to be dealing with like time travel we're dealing with a lot more time travel and a bunch of the weird stuff and King the Conqueror is basically a villain who manipulates time and space. And right. that's what Quantumania is going to be about. We're going to meet him for the first time, almost like how we met Thanos. Probably how we met Thanos for the first time, uh, just probably in, in the post credits uh, scene. In Ragnarok? No, no it was um, in uh, Second Avengers. We, that's when we get... No, it was, it was the first Avengers because it was... Right, right. yeah, because... Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It, but that's before, that's before the recast, actually. Right, it was before the recast because uh, Thanos... Those who didn't know, Thanos was actually played by a black man at first. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And um, another Marvel can't not can anything, but another kind of like it's weird offhand kind of deal. The guy who played Thanos in the in Avengers, um, not Josh Brolin, um, but the the black guy who played him was actually one of the stuntmen henchmen in Captain America: Civil War. Crazy, mm-hmm. crazy, and it's like. You could tell by the chin, kind of. That it's the same. <laughs> it, it was, it was kind of dope. It was like, wow, I can actually see his face. Um, but yeah, other than other than everything that happened in Loki episode four, and uh, and we didn't even touch on the fact that uh, Mobius got pruned, which made me tear up. But also Loki got pruned, and we're thinking that when you're pruned, as soon as deleted. as soon as I saw as soon as I saw Owen Wilson's character Mobius get pruned, I was like, it, they ain't dead. That's because it was like, look, this is a high budget actor. You just can't kill him off like that. You and can't. It was like, and then and when I mean, Loki, Disney would do it, you know Disney would do it because they got the money. <laughs> but Lo- but when Loki got pruned, I was like, nah, he can't. The show is called Loki. I understand yeah. that Sylvie is Loki, but like the show is called Loki. I was Loki. like, are we, are we preparing for Sylvie to just be the sole Loki in this and universe? That's, that's what a lot of people theory, like thought at first, too. Was like, right. Because she technically is a Loki. Sure is. Are we replacing Tom Hiddleston with... Uh, with uh, but we're not. Thank God. We're not. Yeah. We're not. Because, I mean, if you guys waited for it, there was a post-credit scene this, this week. Um, Loki... <laughs> Uh, his, wakes up in this pruned universe. Yes, we don't know if it's like a is. We don't know if it's called like Battle World, which okay. I've seen on some things, okay. or it could okay. be an a. Uh, it could be a uh, a timeline, a pruned timeline where Ultron won, and that's why the Avengers Towers is destroyed and everything else is destroyed in the world. And Sokovia actually did destroy the world. Fascinating. So it, it could be either of those things. It could be a whole multitude of things. But we uh, we see. Other Lokis that have been pruned, and, and we, we get see a classic uh, comic got, book iteration yep, of Loki. We, and that's the classic Loki. We have Boastful Loki, who is played by a black man. Awesome. We Looks have dope. Kid Loki, who literally mm. all of these people are looking like their count, their comic book counterparts. And Kid Loki, like he's going to be in the, like he's part of the Young Avengers. The way he looks on the, on the screen is how he looks in the comics. Comic book. And then there's one that no one really knows about, but it's Gate Alligator Loki. I like to call him Gator Loki because I mean it's. Gator Loki. Yeah, Gator Loki. He's my favorite. Even though we don't know if like he's the one who actually talked or if it was the uh, the classic Loki. The classic Loki. Because you don't see who actually spoke, but you see Someone those five, says, those four Lokis, and it's like, huh. <laughs> it's like if you come with us, you'll be okay. Right. But uh, yeah, that's that's I I did enjoy this episode a lot. Uh, one of my favorite quotes from it, um, because I just rewatched it, was uh, Loki talking to Mobius, and it was just like, um, that's one one more thing I got to tell you. Um, it's the fact. It's like he's he. Moby said something along the lines of like, "Is it the fact that I lied about your girlfriend?" And Loki mm-hmm. looked at him and was like, "No, it's the fact that you're lying to yourself." And I'm like, "Ooh, he's, that hit me in the feels." Yeah, he's talking about how impressed he was with the lies that he's able to tell himself, right? In order to remain a slave to the TVA, right? And it just which which I don't know, man. I think that like that hit Moby is different. Because you oh, see yeah, his that's face. What made, yeah, like, that, that's what face. made him like, Golden like find out. Like, do I need to really reconsider what right. my existence is? Right, and that's when he stole the, and odds the are, time pad and everything. God, odds are he was a sea like a sea do jet ski salesman, man. I've seen some pictures on online. See, of yeah, him. Where, like he's in a suit and he's on the jet ski. <laughs> 
Gold. Pure comedy. Yeah, gold, man. Uh, but yeah, that was my weekly blurb. I'm very excited for uh, this week's episode. Uh, and we're going to see how these other Lokis interact with our Loki. I want to finally see. I've been looking man. at President Loki on all these promos. I'm ready to see President Loki because, dang want, it, I'm ready. I want to <laughs> see Lance Armstrong Loki. I do want to see Lance Armstrong Loki. <laughs> <laughs> Loki. Well, I appreciate you for telling us about Loki, as always. I think that like our viewers appreciate a synopsis of the previous episode going into the newest episode. Yeah, and just our little and thoughts. Then, and, I, I mean, it'll be fun to see. I, I like going back and listening to this part of the episode before the newest one because you always make fun predictions and sometimes your predictions come true so i want to know if uh your predictions are going to come true and i look forward to seeing that yeah for my weekly blurb i'm happy to talk to y'all about some hidden gems that i think that if you have the uh, the means to watch it either by way of netflix or um amazon video yeah. you should take some time to check them out so i'm going to go through a quick list briefly uh, and make some suggestions to you all if you have, based off of your particular fandom, if you will. Right. And um, I, have a, I have a quick list as well. And like I said, we can just both shoot these out. Yeah. yeah. Um, if you're a big fan of Maya Rudolph, which a lot of people are, and you haven't yet gotten to see her in Mitchell's versus the Machine. Boy, I love that movie. I mean, like, it recently came out. It's an animated film on Netflix Ooh. that, I don't know, somehow manages to combine, like... Your favorite animated cartoons and some to some kind of like Will Smith iRobot type story where these machines obviously take over the the society and wanna uh, protect the humans. It's got um, the voice of Jay Bilzerian from Big Mouth in it. It's got uh, the voice of uh, Danny McBride plays Danny the dad. McBride plays the father. I mean uh, Abby from. Um, Abby Jacobson oh, yeah, from Broad City yeah. plays the daughter in it. And, dude, I just it, – it's freaking hilarious. And if people haven't gotten a chance to check it out, I think that, like, all of these vo- actors that people love, I- IRL voice acting, I think that they'll really enjoy them. Right, 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 right. So that's my uh, that's one hidden gem that's come out recently. It it was popular on Netflix for the first week, but it's definitely gone down, so it hasn't gotten this, like, continued viewership. Let's get it back up, people. Yeah. Um, I guess we'll bounce back and forth. I think one of mine that literally that also came off Netflix just recently. Mm. I watched it this morning. Uh, this is Monday morning for us. Uh, Wish Dragon. It came out earlier uh, earlier this year. I'm gonna have to check this movie. Yeah, out. You it's were another about um, it. another Sony um, Sony. Oh yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, so was uh, so was uh, Mitchell's and Machines. It was. Um, but they beautifully uh, done. Yeah. Um, th- and this movie literally has a hu- is it's hilarious. It is strong within the Asian culture. It's it's amazing. Okay. okay. Um. You and I, I learned some things from it. Oh, it's got some. Okay, cool. It's, it's, it's not educational, but it, it, you learn some stuff. I love that. Yeah, I if, love that. If you liked Aladdin, you'll like this movie. Someone said that. that if your kids are having fun and learning, they don't know that they're learning. Exactly. <laughs> and I, I'm a kid at heart, and I was having fun while I was watching this. Love that. Literally, the the writing was well done. The animation is amazing. I thought it was dubbed at first because okay, like, the way they were talking, okay, but okay. It, it, it turns out it was originally in English. Kind of, yeah. Okay, yeah. but. Guys, check it out. It's also on Netflix. Let's, let's bump, the, bump up these numbers. You know, bump up. We got to bump up those numbers. <laughs> so to follow that up, and a film that is a TV series that is on Amazon Prime Video, mm-hmm. if you have the uh, if you're if you have that available, I like to talk about this TV show called Utopia, which in a post pandemic world, I think that it's a really interesting. TV series, yeah. and apparently it was originally a British TV series that Amazon picked up and rebooted. Um, the film, the TV series, follows a ragtag group who is interested in this comic called Dystopia, is uh, because of its lore right. and how it allegedly goes back and looks at every civilization ending pandemic mm-hmm. and analyzes it for how it may have come about and then there is this new comic that has been legend to exist called utopia which will predict What's the next the next uh civilization ending pandemic right. and man i think it's really cool because like you have these nerds who basically have dissected the comic mm-hmm. and then you just have the folks who are just 
hyper big hyper fans of the comic that you know don't really read too much into it but like you know they'll they'll cosplay or they'll or they'll uh meet up in groups and talk about the comic but not talk about it as in depth as you know these i guess megalomaniacs if you will right will and they end up you know on a journey with a character from the comic and so you're kind of like maybe it is real maybe what's been happening has some deeper meaning to it and ultimately to you know try and uncover the the mystery that is present within the the utopia comic book right so if folks like checking out conspiracy theory type stuff are into comic books and are into some really cool action sequences Mm -hmm. i think they should check out utopia on amazon prime Okay, definitely, and you've told me about it before. We watched the first episode together a while back. I need to go ahead and... We watched that at the same time as we were watching a lot of other first episodes of things. Yeah, we were trying to find a a show that we both agreed on and like. Right. And I I gotta... I'll watch it. I will. Soon, hopefully. Um, (laughs) One of my... One of of these things on my list that is, is vastly popular within our generation and a lot of us who grew up with Disney, of course, uh, a Goofy movie. Fantastic it, film. Yeah. And it, that's the thing. It's a hidden gem because a lot of people call it the unofficial official first black Disney film. Yeah. Because, I mean, you got the single dad, Goofy, um, just wanted to go on a trip with his son to reconnect with his son, Max. And it's it's literally just a fam- a, a, a summer a, vacation. Summer vacation of, of father and son bonding, getting to know each other better, getting to know... Trials, tribulations, yeah. and a reconciliations, <laughs> and some beautiful... Tevin Jones, Tevin Campbell, R and B music man. The power line is is he needs to drop that album. We've been for that album for about twenty five years. Now. Boy, I swear to God, like I, he I don't would... break ocean level of of delay, man. <laughs> My gosh, Lauren Hill coming out of the concert face three hours later. Yeah. I'm saying, <laughs> I'm saying, but no, it's, like I said, it's very popular among our generation as well as uh, us growing up with Disney. But if you haven't seen it, it's get on it because. <laughs> You can oh you can see so many TikToks, but if you don't watch the movie, it doesn't do it justice. It doesn't, it doesn't do it, it doesn't. justice. I mean, it's just got so many heartwarming moments. It's got some great bops. Um, it comes in with like an amazing intro song that you know really sets the tone. Which when I watched an extremely goofy movie, the sequel to this film, it's not a musical. It's not a musical, and I was honestly at the time upset about it. I love yeah. the uh, you know I love extreme sports, right. and so like I get that part to it, and I. I, I mean, I did that. like the story though of the train goofy. I was just like, I was like, oh, there's no music, but I guess it's, it's they're it's, too cool to be a musical. Exactly, now that they're, in because they're in college. They're, they're we have to grow up with whatever. Movie. Exactly, whatever. <laughs> so another hidden gem that I that I'll rebut you with is a new TV series that is also on Amazon Video mm-hmm. called Upload, which is a TV show produced by Greg Daniels. So we were talking earlier in the episode. We yeah, were talking about Mike Schur, yeah. Parks and Rec and in, in the Office. Mm-hmm. Greg Daniels also produced Upload. Yeah, and it takes place in the year twenty thirty three. This and- one with uh, Robbie Amell, right? Yeah, Robbie Amell. Amell's uh, cousin. Yeah. Yeah. he's he. Uh, his character's name is Nathan, which I think is hilarious because his name is. I feel like Robbie Amell plays a Nathan in every single film that he's in. <laughs> Um, he looks like a Nathan. He does look like a Nathan, <laughs> doesn't he? Um, but it, it's a cool uh, commentary on the afterlife uh, because people have the opportunity, instead of just organically dying, uploading their consciousness to an online platform of existence, hmm. which, you know, people have thought about that opportunity if that was an option for them mm-hmm. would they do it you know like if you fear death if you fear the um the afterlife and you fear what you know what may or may not exist I'm going into the unknown being able to control that appeals to a lot of people and so what happens is he is in the first episode killed uh, mysteriously mm-hmm. And his girlfriend then uploads his consciousness to the what her family's plan. Oh wow! Oh. So she basically decides for him to not die organically, essentially, mm-hmm. and uploads his consciousness, and then he has to deal with the consequences of what happens. Okay. Oh. 
which I I mean, if you know Greg Daniels, if you know the writing, it's very clever. It's super witty. It's very fast moving. It's incredibly uh, heartfelt at times, but also has those uh, shallow moments that, you know, just make for more heartfelt feelings later on in the show. Okay. So I, I think that you would really enjoy this character's development from the beginning to the end of the first season. Uh, I watched this with Miriam, and I think we watched it in less than a week. Easy watch. Very easy watch. Nice. Uh, one thing, one, uh, and we'll see you through because we're, we're going way over time. <laughs> yeah, we are. It's a longer episode. Yeah. It's one of our longer ones, but it's okay. You guys like listening. <laughs> um, I guess I'll just go through my last two because they're both, they're not one and the same, but I mean, it, it, they just kind of feel like it. Sure. Um, both really very meta TV shows, but also very funny. Yes. Uh, first one is on Cartoon Network. This I believe it's on Hulu. Um, Amazing World of Gumball. <laughs> It, it, the it, animation in that show just this is my favorite thing on television. Well, I think at any given time, the main characters are two D, but you also have a CGI t- Tyrannosaurus Rex. But you also have um, a character who is a chin that's upside down in a dress. You have uh, a ball of fur. As a have character. you seen they how they film that, yes, that chin? He's a, literally talking upside down. Yeah, they had a cutaway where it's just like it, 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 it was almost like them filming. It's like, huh? Where's the end? Why am I doing this? Ah! Like, it was so good. Because um, they expedited in the TV show. It was, almost, it was almost like a chowder level kind of like med experience when they were like. It's like, sounds like Ed, Ed, and Eddie when they broke the, t- when they yeah, broke when the TV. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, But that, like I said, it's it's funny. It's equally, equal parts funny as it is meta because they, they, they reference It's deep, bro. That show gets real deep, man. Yeah. It, There's that check your privilege episode <laughs> that I always <laughs> think about. I was about to say, it's like. Say, hey, Gumball, why don't you uh, show your sandwich? It's like, oh, I'm sorry. Why don't you check your privilege? It's like, oh. Man, <laughs> and, and, which is, it's just a fun commentary on that whole movement to check someone's privilege, <laughs> as well as, like, you know, the moments when people actually do need to check, check their, their privilege. privilege. It's like, oh, come on, guy. And then, yeah, the last one on my list is uh, DC's Legends of Tomorrow on the CW. Underrated. It's very underrated as a TV show. Um, they did kind of start off as, like, we're going to be this big superhero group that's going to take, go through time and figure out these plots and everything. And it was They like, settled into their, their identity. They did, and it re- they realized, hey, we're the goofy goofballs. We're the funny group. Yeah, and, and it works, and it's funny. Um, they're on their fifth season right now. But, like I said, if you go and watch from season one to now, you can see – you go from we're going to be this group that's going to go through time and save the world and save the timeline and da 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 to hey we're just guys on a time ship and we're going to go through time and just kind of f around. It was kind of like after the second crossover yeah, that realized, I that that, that that they realized their identity. Like, Do we have to be serious? And and uh, the producer was like, nah, <laughs> just nah, go for it. We're, <laughs> we we got you from here. We'll get the special effects team. And- My aunt Carolyn loves that show. It's like it's, it's for all ages honestly i think so i think it's so. Ve- it's very uh very, what's the hey, word um, uh, progressive th- thank you yeah it's very progressive because you have i mean you have the captain and um her now fiance yeah um and they like i said they they don't treat it as we're going to scream at you our our agenda they treat right. it as we're we're a normal couple this which i life. mean this is yeah this is because it is, is life. life right <laughs> And don't feel bad if you don't like it. Don't watch it. Essentially, it exactly. <laughs> but like I said, those are my top five uh, hidden gems um, that were interspersed with Jay's. Jay, you got uh, any more for us? I got a quick two, and I don't know if there is much. Well, I know one of them is a hidden gem: Lock and Key, which is on Netflix. Oh yeah, yeah. I uh, it, I it's a supernatural TV show that has one season out right now, and I loved it because it. It was different. Mm-hmm. It kind of um, – it was an original plot line that I think that hasn't really been explored. It was cerebral, and it was also uh, – literally, <laughs> literally, it was cerebral, and uh, it was also mystical. So, I, I mean, it – if those are some themes that you like in a TV show, I think check it out. It also has some great child acting, and I appreciate that. And then lastly on my list, which it's become less of a hidden gem as more high profile actors and celebrities have been on it. But Black Mirror, I was just about to say Black 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 Mirror, Mirror. man. I mean, like when it came out, the first episode is just so jarring that you don't even know if you. I didn't know if I would have watched that first episode. But as the seasons have gone on, I mean, the whole show, which is eerily reminiscent of you know 
and our, from our parents' generation, the Twilight Zone, mm-hmm. uh, Quantum Leap. I mean, it, it's the coolest social commentary show out there right now because it like builds on these you know it's like a realistic interpretation of like what would happen in the most extreme situations you know like if in the future if liking and you know social media grew to you know actually impacting your everyday social life your social status if you brought value based off of your ability to create a social following Mm -hmm. which to some degree is true but to the degree that it is on social media it's not but like if it was to take into that level like what would society look like and i think that those are some of the coolest things um the episode about um online game not game uh virtual reality which stars our boy from uh captain Captain america America, winter Winter soldier Soldier. wyatt russell Russell, i think that that's like one of the coolest episodes because like it it, the 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 twist that happens at the end of it is just so mind-blowing you're like well Son of a biscuit. Like, what the heck? Exactly. I mean, you just don't see it coming. <laughs> I mean, man. dude, it's kind of, it, it, it's it's a whole, it's like on that whole Cerebral's note, note right? Like, oh, yeah. it, it's super mindfucky. Yeah. Yeah. And, woo! <laughs> we can go on and on. Yeah, but uh, we appreciate you guys for listening to us. This one is going to be one of our longer episodes, but... Like I said, you guys, you guys like listening. We like talking, oh, we just, and we hope y'all enjoyed it. Uh, please give us some hidden gems that we you think that we need to explore please. that we haven't gotten a chance to talk about on yeah. the podcast. Definitely let us know on uh, on all of our social media platforms. You Tell us what us. some of your guilty pleasures are too. Hey, we, we won't chastise you. I promise. <laughs> but definitely, that. like I said, Non-judge. it's a safe space. It is, we are a safe space. Uh, but follow us on our uh, social media platforms on uh, Instagram at Blurred Survival Guide, on Twitter at Blurred Guide, on Facebook at Blurred Survival Guide, and you can email us at Blurred Survival Guide at gmail.com. You can follow our personals also at JRBear3295, at JW0283, and it's just MRM uh, for Miriam. <laughs> All right, well, other than that, we will see you next week. This was episode 18. And keep surviving, everybody. Keep surviving, everybody. Listen to the theme song. Two guys and a mic with our producer. Step into the spotlight. Survival is true. First, come and take a seat with the combo we provide every Tuesday. It's the Blood Survival Guide. Hey! It's the Blood Survival Guide. Hey! It's the Blood Survival Guide.